0: This podcast is sponsored by Australian Christian College, a network of schools committed to student well-being, character development and academic improvement. Welcome to The Inspiration Project, where well-known Christians share their stories to inspire young people in their faith and life. Here's your host, Brendan Corr. Hi there, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Inspiration Project, the podcast where we get a chance to talk with people of significance who've been able to combine their interests and their talents with their faith into the creation of a career. Really looking forward to a conversation with the Reverend Kieran Scaria, also known as Pastor Scar, who is a minister with a passion to see the next generation be all that they can be. Kieran's based in Sydney graduating from William Carey Christian School, studied his theology at Moore Theological College. After serving as youth pastor at his local church, realized that there was an opportunity to develop an online space where honest faith conversations could be held and people could be their genuine selves asking questions and connecting in ways previously not possible. After exploring some of those issues with live streaming, Kieran joined the largest streaming platform, Twitch.tv, where he's dedicated himself to creating a free and accepting family-friendly online community open to gamers and non-gamers who can share their interests and their passions and ask the deep questions of life. This has led to the creation of SCAR Ministries that's operating out of Kieran and his family's home and has become a registered not-for-profit organisation with a lot of support from the various parts of the broader Christian community. Kieran, it's lovely to welcome you. I'm, in our pre-recorded conversation, admitted my naivety in some of this sort of space. So uh, I'm really looking forward to learning a bit about what, what's the the gamer um, world, how does it work, what are the points of interest, what are the points of difference, and finding out a little bit about how you found yourself in this rather unique channel of ministry. Uh, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and uh super minor clarification point. I didn't actually graduate from more Theological College. I graduated from Morling Theological oh, College. It's right. the other one. Um, but, you know, it's all good, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, Good for transparency. I got that. You're backtracking my notes. You're exactly right. That is... Uh, <laughs> nice said so, um, online gaming. Yeah. Is, that, is, is your ministry targeted to the gaming world or in that little brief bio we mentioned gamers and non-gamers is yeah. there a, is there a difference in that community
1: absolutely i mean it, the the number of gamers in the world is an astronomical number. One that if you haven't looked into it or heard someone like me talk about it, you probably wouldn't realise because they're not a group that you can just drive past and see like you see the skate park kids at the skate park or the basketball players at the basketball court because instead they are in their homes, they're in other spaces. But you might be surprised to know that there is over 3.2 billion active gamers worldwide and the entire world's population is about 7.9 billion. So... That number is huge. And so for me, my you know heart and desire and the reason why I created this ministry, um, originally, this isn't what I was planning on doing or what I was going to be in. Gaming was a side hobby that I would do when I would get home from work. I worked full time at my local church. I was associate pastor there um, for eight years on staff and was leading a variety of things in the, in the church, but young people and the next generation was always my passion. And it was only when I realized how many gamers they were in in the world that made me stop and go, wait a minute, if that's the case, if if that really is such a huge people group, how many churches, organizations, and ministries do I know back in 2018 that are intentionally trying to reach that people group? And I couldn't think of one. We weren't one, um, and I didn't know of any. And so in that sense, the pastoral heart in me broke, and I thought, Something, something has to happen here. I've been a gamer my whole life, but I've never thought about this group of people as one that need reaching for Jesus, need support, need help in the same way that I had been doing at the skate park and at the basketball court. Who is doing that in the online spaces? And so for me, that's, that was the start of just listening to God's calling in my life and recognizing that the call to, you know, a life of youth ministry wasn't necessarily just through working at a church as a youth pastor, and you know the traditional route, but instead, there's actually a, a, a almost this hidden group of people that need need this all the same, but mm. don't have access otherwise. So that's kind of what led me a little bit down that road.
0: Well, I can hear your passion and your your pastoral inclinations. I'd be interested to know what attracted you yourself as an individual to to that that world, that community, that that type of activity. Yeah. But that 3.2 billion is a startling number. It is. I would never have guessed something of that magnitude.
1: Yeah, and it's increasing at a phenomenal rate because internet speeds are getting quicker, technology is getting cheaper, the internet is more accessible and available in countries around the world that it wasn't before at speeds that weren't possible before. And so because of that the accessibility that gaming has is huge whether it's someone sitting on their train on the way to work who's playing a mobile game or whether it's someone who's just bought a new playstation 5 console for christmas and they're starting to unbox that now the world of gamers is is vast and varied and has varying age groups and varying you know demographics within itself so it's it's a huge people group and to answer your question of what got me into it I'm one of them. I've been yeah. a gamer my whole life, and so it's just one of those things that was naturally there. I just never saw it as a ministry mode.
0: Well, let, let me probe a little bit further because I was interested with that 3.2 billion. Yeah, to to try and figure out. Um, obviously, part of your interest in that space was your orientation towards serving the next generation, the, yeah. the youth. But 3.2 billion, then that they can't all be young people. There must mm-hmm. be quite diverse demographics. Diverse yeah. age ranges, backgrounds, cultures, um, social strata, people involved in gaming. Do you, yep. Can you give us a little bit of a picture as to what, is there a typical gamer or or mm. is that just too broad a category?
1: Fantastic question. And um, when I got into this, I thought what I was doing was almost a, a online youth group kind of mode. I was very wrong. Um, mm. That's what I anticipated because I thought, yeah, young people, they're the ones that game, right? Um, then I started realizing, hold on, I'm not, The youngest that i've ever been and i am still in this world and i have friends that are older than i am and they're still in this world and when you look it up you realize that the average game uh, the average age of a gamer around the world is mid-30s um Mm. they're not teenagers they're not they're not young people per se they're in their mid-30s i know of in our community alone grandparents Who are regular attenders of the stream, who are people that are involved in various ways in gaming because it's their way to connect with their family. And it is just a helpful mode and an outlet for them right through to, to young people. So there's, it's vast and varied and it spans across, you know, across any, you know, social ladder, if you will. There are people who are wealthy. There are people who aren't. There are male and female. There are that you name it. When you get a, you know, cross-section of the community that is 3.2 billion, you can only yeah. anticipate what that entails and yeah. everything is the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild when you you start to consider that. But you're, you're exactly right. You know, I think uh, in I'm from a, a, an older age bracket than yourself, principal of a school, but I know that there are people that are my peers who mm-hmm. are interested in gaming and, and involved Another yep. question that's come to my mind as, as I was thinking about this conversation with you, Kieran, was, again, this might be the naivety of, of my limited experience in the world, but it seems to me that people become quite committed to a particular game, a particular type of format, Fortnite, Call of Duty, whatever it might be. Yep. The, Absolutely. The $3.2 billion collective game, and how much interplay and how much cross-connection is there? Between the Call of Duty devotees and the Fortnite experts, and the, how, yeah. how does that happen across those boundaries?
1: Yeah, so it's 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 very spread. It's vast and varied. There'll be some people that will live and breathe a particular game and be so well versed in that game that they'll understand the law, the culture, the everything around it. They'll they'll know information about the game that you wouldn't even dream of if you just played the game, but will have absolutely zero interest, could not care less about another game, because mm. again, it's, it's, you know, it's like anything else in life, movies, music, whatever. There'll be people that love a certain genre of music, but hate another, um, or just won't listen to it, but are very passionate about what they do. It's the mm. same thing here in the gaming space. There are some that the games that you just mentioned, Call of Duty and Fortnite, two very popular games, very different audiences, very different mm-hmm. demographics within those mm-hmm. games, different things like that. So yeah, there, there's uh, a lot of variety for sure.
0: Well, without, that uh inviting you to do, disclose too much, where's your special interests and, and what was the pathway from your youthfulness into now m- mature adult life still involved in gaming? What are the things that, that attracted you to it?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, it, it, it served as a variety of things. Gaming for me has evolved from, you know, being a child and 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 growing up as a teenager. We had in our household a PlayStation one, then two, then three, then four, as I was growing up. And, you know, that was just a regular part of life. It, it served as one, a chance for me to just unwind and just relax a bit, switch off from the real world, if you will, but just to kind of get my creativity out there and allow my brain to do some pretty cool things and create some cool things. So there was that element, but there was also a factor of needing a sense of community and playing games where I was able to actually engage in conversation with people and and that kind of thing and recognizing that actually even though i might not be able to go and see that friend from school right now if we both jump on the same game at the same time we can play that together and although my mum and dad might not drive me to their house this afternoon i can still talk to them yeah. and have a full conversation with them we'll just do it with our headsets on instead yeah. and so it's that new social world that it opens you up to and that was that was you know way back then you know 10 20 years ago but fast forward to now and the space that gaming plays is similar in a sense. I catch up with friends online and and do that kind of thing, but also just allowing myself that downtime. I remember when this ministry first was created, it came from me getting home from work, being church, working full-time at church after a really heavy day of pastoral care. And like the, the, the issues that we had been talking about were really weighty. And I was like, I just need to mentally switch off. So turning on the PlayStation for me allowed me to do that um, in a really, really helpful way in that mode. And it, it just let me put that aside and then come back to it when I needed to, but do that in moderation. Also, mm. I found with my wife and I, when we first got married, um, in the first year of marriage, she had to work interstate for a while. So what ended up happening is the Airbnb she was at had a PlayStation and at home we had a PlayStation. So we both bought a copy of the same game. She took it with her to the Airbnb and we would have date night digitally where yeah. we're both playing Call of Duty together with a headset on and a plate of food in front of us and were able to to do that as a point of connect. So yeah, there are many modes that gaming is, has taken over the years and that will probably continue to change.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a a profound change that has occurred, isn't it? It, it is so much now not just sitting in your lounge room interacting with your screen. Yeah. Gaming, that, that's not really what we're talking about. It is yeah. this boundaryless connection that you have that allows for real-time interactions with people that you know, people that you don't know, mm. in a common area of interest, a, a, a common activity.
1: Yeah, and I think the real-time component that you just mentioned is such a key piece because mm. for us, for the ministry that I now lead, Um, We are there specifically to love and cater for the gamers of the world, to help them to know Jesus and experience faith community, maybe even for the first time, maybe even in places where they've never even heard that name before of Jesus. And so Mm -hmm. being in those spaces in real time and having, you know, systems in place so that even while I'm fast asleep, someone else from our team can see a message that gets posted in our little, you know, chat board, if you will, uh, an app called Discord that we use where people can post prayer requests at all Mm. times of the day. And we can have a community of strangers from all around the world praying for these things Mm. with full anonymity is a really powerful thing and a really beautiful yeah. thing because God knows exactly who that is that has the yeah. need. So we're there to, to be praying into those things and making that happen. And so, uh, yeah, we've seen some some really powerful things just from being available and accessible, not just, you know, on a Friday night for two hours, like yeah. I was doing at youth group, but instead in a mode that says, hey, every day at any point in time, there are ways that we can still support each other and, and minister to one another.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I want to Circle back and find when when was it and how was it that ministry and the call of Jesus mm. uh, came to you to be a disciple that that ultimately led for you to to carry his work into this online space. But let me get um, wrestle with some of the mechanics again for, for my own sake. What I'm understanding is that this this uh, ministry that you have, yep. SCAR ministries to the online gaming community, it's not rooted and it's not dependent, it's not associated with any particular gaming format or any particular manifestation. It's a separate thing that runs parallel to or, or undergirds people's involvement and interest in what are their specific dedicated game communities. This is a, a meta community?
1: Yeah, so essentially... Um I guess the easiest way for me to explain in a really simplistic sense of what we do is if you visualize your standard, say church youth group, right? There's a part of the night where you might run around and play soccer. There's another part of the night where you might have a worship time or a prayer time or a sermon and all those kinds of things. What we've done is we've taken that model and said, how do we digitize that to Mm. make it accessible so that even the kid who can't attend the youth group because they live on the other side of the planet and have COVID or are bedridden or have social anxiety, or maybe they live right next door to the church, but they wouldn't dare step foot in it because of the judgment that could come from that in their mind. but. Instead, what if we just make it super accessible, super easy for anyone to just click a link and there they are? They're now a part of it. And so. We do exactly that. So at some points in the live stream, we'll be playing video games. And yeah. you might think, well, hold on. How do you talk about Jesus? How do you read from the Bible while playing the video game? And the it's very simply this. At a standard youth group, when you're playing that game of soccer, you could ask, well, well hold on. How do you read the Bible while you're playing soccer? It's like, well, in that exact second, you might not be holding a Bible while kicking a goal. You're just kicking a goal and connecting yeah. with the young people at the youth group. But after that game of soccer, you move inside for the sermon time. We do the same basic premise where we will play games together and hang out together and do messy food challenges. And this room was a big old mess the other day because we were letting off party poppers because of a birthday celebration. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah. then after that, we go, all right, now we're going to transition into a mode that we call real talk, which is essentially our sermon segment where we go, all right, controller down, mouse and keyboard away. Let's just talk about faith and about life and about what God is teaching us. Let's open up God's word together Let's do that. So if you zoom in too far, you might miss part of the nuance of what's going on. But if you zoom out to see the bigger picture, you go, actually, there. this is embedded all throughout what we do. And therefore, we have these faith conversations all throughout the stream where the community know that they can be prayed for and all the rest of it. And, And that's kind of how it functions. In fact, if you like... Um, I can even show you what it looks like just a little bit because I am in the stream room right now. If I click a little button in front of me, um, I can transition
0: across. Okay, uh, Is this going to expect me to... Engage in a game with you, do I? Know Absolutely to not. This is okay, just gonna show cool.
1: you some bright lights and colors and give a, <laughs> a little bit of a sense of what it feels like to the viewer at the time. So if I click on this button, you'll see a little transition and boom, here yeah, I am. Yeah, now I'm, I'm little, so let's are. just zoom in the camera. There we go, perfect. And uh, now we have Spider-Man over here with a little doggo on its back, which I can make Spider-Man wave. I could make Spider-Man play scissors, paper, rock if I wanted to, or we could just make him hang upside down and don't ask me how the, the dog isn't falling out it defies gravity, but that's okay. And this is part of the the fun. And so in this point, there would be music pumping, there would be laughter in the chat. We would have a, a live chat operating at all times so that while this game is happening, it's not a one-sided thing. It's not like a YouTube video where they're just watching someone play. Instead, it's completely different because there is a live chat. I have a monitor sitting next to me, a vertical monitor where the whole purpose is just the community, it's the conversation, it's the chat. So the entire time the game's on, I'm glancing that, I'm reading it. We're dialoguing that together. I'll just zoom the camera out again um, and get to, to engage in that way. So as the gameplay is going on, where we might be playing with the viewers, with the community, someone will show up in the chat and say, Say, hey, could you just pray for me real quick because this thing is going on at home right now and we'll say, all right everyone, let's just take a moment and we'll we'll pause the game if we can or we'll hide in a corner somewhere and we'll we'll pray for that person or we'll pray for them right after that match or we'll have our team in real time allowing mm-hmm. for those conversations. So it's yeah. very much a group effort to make this work. but uh, yeah, it's a
0: beautiful thing. So when you say it's a, it's a group effort, you you become sort of the the leader or the face of it or at least the, the name of the ministry. Yeah, how many other folks you got recruited into engaging with this in in one of these sessions, these these uh, streaming sessions?
1: Yeah. So, um, our, our team consists of uh, about 13 people, a mix of staff and volunteers, um, that are involved actively in, in what we do, in moderating the live chat and helping with, you know, a variety of things. Um, we've got a safe ministry team that is very important to make sure that everything that we're doing is above board and reproach. We have a board that we're accountable to because we are a registered not for profit organization. So there's a whole bunch of governance pieces in there. We have a general manager who helps with a variety of things in the organization side of things. And I look after a lot of the, the content side of things here. But in terms of how many people show up to the streams, um, last year being 2022, we closed out the year with just under 100,000 unique individuals that we connected with in just the one year. Um,
0: That's remarkable.
1: It, which is unbelievable like we hosted an event at the end of last year it was our closer event it was a fortnight tournament um, with a cash prize and you know we did a real talk like that sermon mode in the the tournament right before the grand final to help people hear the gospel in that mode like it was a beautiful event and we had just over twenty four thousand unique individual human beings scattered across the globe be a part of this event and, and tune in for it some competing some just watching people and cheering their friends on but like, it just goes to show the the scope at which this, this exists. Like, yeah. I'm used to a ministry mode where if we had, you know, there were some nights where if we had double digits of young people show up, we are high-fiving each other and cheering. And so we should be. That's yeah. really important that every one of those youth groups exists. But also recognizing that there's an additional, you know, in that one event, 24,000 people that are sitting at home right now yeah. that wouldn't otherwise have that. That now have that. Yeah, because yeah. we've decided to meet them where they are. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. So clearly this is a this is a, a ministry that's the product of its age that it wouldn't have been possible 50 years ago. Yep. Wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago, possibly. Yep. And it's it's the reflection of the changes that have happened in in our world and our society. Mm-hmm. You are making by all accounts the best use of some of that technology and some of those connections. Undoubtedly, you must have wrestled with the dark side of that same technology, and the notion of the the authenticity of connections and relationships, and Mm. the the reality of the other person on the end of the chat. Yeah, where do you? How do you reconcile the notion of you're using it for good and for glory, but knowing that there is there's other places where it's not being used? So wholesomely.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you that is that is part of the driving force to be there because if yeah. we're not, who's left? Yeah, you know, if the world is spending time on the internet and we know that the internet can be a dark, devastating, hurtful, and awful place, if the Christians of the world retreat from it, yeah, the world is still engaging in that space. <laughs> We've just left them there alone, um, and so for me, that's the call. That's where it's like actually if we're not doing this, then I've seen what else is out there. And, you know, there are all kinds of influencers and role models that aren't people that I personally would want our youth group kids to be influenced by. And Mm. so for that reason, I see that and go, there is a need to to be in this space and to be unashamed and be active and, and be in this space with Purpose and not just be mm. a Christian that happens to go live, but instead to be doing this in a way where we are fulfilling that calling, but mm. using the latest technology and digital means to really fulfill the great commission. And that's just mm. so, so important to me. And my heart has always been to help the next generation to know Jesus. And, and so I feel that we're able to fulfill that all the more by utilizing this space. And, and like I said, the call is even more important knowing what else is out there.
0: Mm. It's interesting that you referenced the, the Great Commission, Kieran. That was the exact thing that was mm. that was coming to my mind as we're talking about, you know, going to all the world, even the cyber world, go into mm-hmm. all those places and preach the gospel.
1: Yeah, we have over 110 different countries that are now tuning into our live stream. Um, when we go live, people in 110 different countries in real time, I don't mean that they are from those countries and they've now all moved to Sydney, Australia, and they all live within the same area and they happen to be here but I mean like they're breathing that air, they are eating that food, they are hearing those Mm. voices, they are smelling those smells. Like in countries Mm. that I couldn't even name, places that I may never ever go to that are getting to hear the message of Jesus Mm. and and Mm. getting to do that day after day, week after week for the last five Mm. years that we've been operating. Like Mm. that's powerful. And so when I hear Mm. the great commission now, go and make disciples of all nations, I stop and I go, you know, my whole life I thought because I went to a really multicultural church that I was making disciples of all nations. And here I've now found this ministry mode where without getting the passport and learning the language, and again, that is still really important, that needs to happen. But without doing those things, all of a sudden, we've managed to cross borders and be in the spaces that God is telling mm. us to be in, in real time, and to have those conversations. Mm. That's, again, it's, it's, it's a powerful mode.
0: Mm. So we, what you're recognising is that um, the cyber world is a reality; it exists, mm-hmm. yep. and God's redemption needs to penetrate that space as much as it does any ghetto or or any slum or yep. whatever yep. physical space mm-hmm. needs grace. This this online world needs needs the proclamation of grace just yep. as much,
1: like it or not if this is where people are, we're called to be where people are. And clearly this is where people are. Every major, um, fortune 500 company out there is leveraging this and is tapping into this. Mm. And, you know, Google owns YouTube, which now is pouring billions of dollars into YouTube gaming that one of their big spaces trying to compete with Twitch, which is the live stream platform that I currently stream on, which is owned by Amazon. And then Microsoft had to go. Facebook has Facebook gaming. Like all these big tech giants are in this space for that key reason, but where, where they are in there to make disciples, sorry, to make money, mm. I'm looking at that going, can we be in there to make disciples, right? Like, mm. can we can we flip the script? Still be in those spaces that they've identified they need to be in, but instead of trying mm. to make a buck off it, what if we go there and try and make impact, try and make change, mm. try and see lives changed? Because where people are is where we need to be, and and this is where people are.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful um, commission for you to be fulfilling. Let me ask you, Kieran, in, in that sort of space, then, with that mindset, do you see yourself as as a pastor or as a missionary?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a funny question um, because we've we've gone through so many different modes in this ministry. Um, because when this ministry started, it was literally I would get home from work. And I still remember the very first time I had a faith conversation with someone because my logic was simple. Either way, I'm having downtime right now. So either way, I'm going to be playing this video game right now. So I might as well just turn on the webcam while I do it and live stream the process. And if someone by chance happens to stumble across this link and says, hi, I'll try and tell them about my faith and I'll do exactly what I would do at the skate park. And and that was it. It started from just bare bones beginnings. There was no... massive team, there was no funding, there was no anything. It was literally just me in my bedroom with a PlayStation controller in hand and a dodgy webcam built into a laptop going, I wonder if we can make an impact. And from there this ministry has evolved into all kinds of things. And it's one of those ministries that doesn't fit in any one box um, uniquely and overlaps into Mm. so many boxes. Um, I've had this referred to as uh, a church and a church plant before. I've had this referred to as a missions organization before. I've had this referred to as all kinds of things by different people hearing it in different ways and seeing it in different lenses. And in a sense, they're all true, and they're all mm. have a, a sense of honesty about them because it's just such a new uncharted space. Um, mm. And so, for me, I am an ordained reverend with the Baptist Association of New South Wales and ACT, um, and so I've 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 been to Bible College. I've done that. I've got the credentials in that sense. I've worked at my local church for you know, like I said, eight years. Was was there full time as associate pastor, and wrapped up wrapped up from that role and launched this and. In the process, we as an organisation have had to go through different modes of figuring out like which which space do we land in, and I think where we've kind of settled. Well, actually, really, we we still we're still figuring out some of this. Um, in going, you know what? What we know is that God has called us to be His hands and feet, and to be yeah. in these digital spaces and making disciples of all nations, and in in doing that, and so we have a variety of modes of doing that. We have things that are live, like our stream with the gaming. We have things that are not live, like discipleship groups that we host and um, like prayer rooms that we host and connecting people in with physical on the ground churches and connecting people in with digital churches. And, you know, we we play this support role for many where we'll go, hey, you know what, if you're in uh, a place and we've helped you meet Jesus and you now want to Go to a church, tell us what city you're in and we'll try and find you a church to, to connect with and we'll send them there. Or if for whatever reason, the online mode is the only mode that will work for them, which there are people out there like that, then we'll look into, all right, well, what are those alternatives? Do we do something in house? Like as an organization, do mm-hmm. we host a, a, a discipleship group or whatever for you? Or do we connect you in with someone who's already doing that and, and play that role? So that's kind of the, the space that we as an organization currently sit in.
0: Mm. So, Kieran, in that in that mode of trying to find what works best for the circumstance for mm. the person, the the gu- the aim is authentic, deep connection, yeah, you know, genuine community, genuine relationship. Absolutely. How? What's your view on the depth of connection and the authenticity of a relationship that's possible? In an online space versus catch up for coffee, meet in the same place and pray yep. together, do worship in the same place. Is it is it equivalent? Is it are there nuanced distinctions?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. There are there are definitely differences, um, and there are some things that are harder to do, uh, and there are some things that are far easier to do. One thing that I've noticed very uniquely in this mode that I had never experienced the same way in the the local church context is how quickly people can get very deep and very vulnerable when they know that their reputation isn't attached to the conversation. And what I mean by yeah. that is in the online mode, they have a screen name. No one can see their face. No one can hear their voice. They can make their name, whatever they want. But what that means is that they can deep dive into that faith question they've had for the last thirty years that they've been too scared to ask someone because they're actually a deacon at a church or they're an elder or they're a senior pastor's son somewhere and they know that their reputation is attached to any conversation they have with anyone in their real world and so in this mode it allows this really unique rawness and vulnerability because at the end of, and at the end of the day we don't know who they are behind the screen. But we also mm. recognize that there's only a certain level to which we even need to know. Because at the end of the yeah. day, if that person has a question about how do I overcome this thing, let's speak into yeah. the issue and help that person and allow them to get the answer that they need. We had someone who was literally the son of a senior pastor of a mega church in the US. This is what they told us. And they came in and they said, look, Here's the situation. I'm not going to tell you what church or anything like that, but I've been struggling with a pornography addiction for years and no one in my church knows it. And there's no way I'm talking to the youth leaders about it because they'll probably tell my dad and I can't have that. I'm I'm the golden child, if you will, not their wording, but you know, it was kind of the, yeah. I'm the senior pastor's son. I cannot have that on me, but This is what I'm going through. Can you help? And we were able to say, hey, look, we might not know your name, but we know that if you have a pulse and if you are breathing air right now, Jesus loves you and he wants what's best for you. So let's help you with this situation. Here are some resources that exist. Here are some tools you can use. Um, Feel free to come back and keep on talking to us about this. It's like, at the end of the day, we allow you to, in a sense, take the mask off a bit and go, because we don't know your name, your skin color, your any of that we're just talking to the person yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and I remember once having my dad come up to me in a conversation where my dad, obviously older generation, um, a great heart for the law, great heart for ministry, but not fully understanding what I was doing originally. Now he does, but I remember one of those early conversations where he said, but if they say that, you know, they're 40 and they're actually 20, like, how do you know? And then I looked at him and I said, why does it matter? Mm. And he was just like, "What? I'm just like, does a 20 year old not need Jesus too? Because this isn't a youth group. This is how we're meeting people and sharing Jesus with them. So, Mm. you know, if that person says, oh, I'm from Brazil, but they're actually my next door neighbor. Why does that actually matter? Like, even if they are technically, and I even said to him, technically, if you went to church this Sunday and someone came up to you and told you that they're new here and they just flew from Brazil yesterday, how do you know they're not lying? Mm. It's not like people won't lie to you to your face. Mm. Like, we don't know, we never know, right? That person might say they came from Brazil and they might be your next door neighbor. Either way, at the end of the day, our heart should be to help them become closer to Jesus. And so therefore there's a level of we get that and there's a level of we might never know the answer to that. But at the end of the day, if you're still here, I'm celebrating because you're going to hear the gospel every single week. And even if your intentions aren't right because you're saying this, but you're meaning this every week, you're hearing the gospel. The longer you hang out with us, I'm going to allow the Holy spirit to do his thing there and just be present in that situation.
0: It's an interesting concept that you're exploring there, Kieran is the notion of we, we deal with people's projections all the time, Mm. right? Whether it's face to face and, How's things? Everything's fine. And how much of that is a projection or a mask or a or a representation versus is my screen identity and name and and my avatar the real person? And and I guess what I, what I'm sensing as I'm talking with you is that your the notion of real connection person to person is subsumed under your desire to really connect them with God. Mm. And that. That doesn't happen through the cyber community, right? That happens, there is no mediator.
1: Yeah, and so we've been really intentional to keep the the threshold as low as possible for people to engage in conversations and to do that. Mm. So that way, anyone going through whatever can feel comfortable enough to even not type in the chat, but just be a fly on the wall and just watch silently for as long as they need to. Now they might not be comfortable doing that at a church because they know that someone's gonna walk up to them and say hi and be hospitable and lovely, which in the Christian world we get as a good thing. And we go, yes, we need to do that. The new person, go talk to them for sure. I've been doing this for years. But lately, I've been talking to more and more people that go, hey, that's why I don't go to church because I actually just want to hear what you believe without having a conversation with you. Give me a month of just like watching and then eventually I'll start talking to you about it. But right now I'm in the research phase and like, I don't want to get caught up in this. So... I don't want to go. And so here we say, hey, if you are just, you know, we on, on Twitch, the term is lurking, which just means that you've got it on, but you're not going to type anything. And we all literally call out the lurkers and say, hey, if you are a lurker here, we just want you to know that God loves you and you take all the time you need. And we've had people who've said, hey, I've been watching you for six months, never typed a word in the chat before. Can I tell you about how this community has helped me, even though we've never spoken, because I've just watched and seen mm. the difference between mm. this live stream and all the others that I'm subscribed to and mm. here's what I'm noticing and we've allowed that really low threshold for people to just go you know what you might have all the self doubt in the world come on in you're welcome here you might mm. have you know all kinds of ailments and things that you know would mean that you will get instantly judged when people will see you come on in you're always welcome here and and just allow that to really organically create a community that is vast and varied and has all the mess that you would expect from from any community in the world but Mm. comes together to go hey this is this is what we're doing we're meeting the people that otherwise when when was that conversation going to happen and and The amount of conversations, the amount of faith stories and the fruit that we have experienced over the last five years has just been astronomical. It's the reason why... I've poured myself into this. And it's the reason why our team have come together, volunteers from around the world, including one guy from Kansas who will stay up until ridiculous hours to help us in the chat because he's so passionate about what we do because he's seen the fruit. He's he's experienced oh. it firsthand in his heart and in his life and he's seen it. And he's a pastor of a church in, in the US. Um, but another thing regarding the relationship side mm-hmm. is that I found some of the most genuine relationships that have stemmed from this, from this online world. I've had people fly from different parts of the country to meet up because the opportunity was there, having journeyed together online for the longest while. we I I know of people that have... I've been invited to the wedding of someone who I connected with online um a number of years ago and they are like, hey, I'm I'm getting married next year and I'd love for you to fly to the US and, and be there. And we're looking into if we can make that happen. And, you know, we've seen people be baptized from being a part of an online mode together for, you know, a number of years and then meet together in person in a church context and and make that happen. And just really yeah. beautiful, beautiful situations that are allowing this globalized world to be able to go, you know what? Just because I'm not physically near you doesn't mean we can't have a conversation and, and really help each other. And in the same way that you and I having this chat, we're not in the same room right now. And yet we are able to connect and and share story. If we did this consistently for long enough, regularly and, and committed to that, you, I would you know be certain that a friendship would form and it would be a really beautiful thing and that's really what we allow for here to do that but at a scalable level where many can come into that room and say look we might not be able to host everyone in one building and have a meal together but across homes all around the world in 110 countries in you know like uh, almost 100,000 people last year yeah let's let's have those conversations anyway and I'll have a plate of food and you'll have a plate of food but we at the end of the day, the food was never the thing. It was, it was yeah. the conversation. So yeah, yeah. let's still do that.
0: Yeah, the mechanism and the thing that facilitates heart to heart is what you're describing, Karen, Fascinating um, to get a little window into this this avenue of of service, this new um, place where the gospel needs to be proclaimed and, and mm-hmm. God's God's goodness demonstrated. Just as we close. Can you share with us your own story? You spoke about your dad and, and his interest in your, your new ministry. Mm. How did you come to know the goodness of God and his call to ministry that that has led you to commit so much of your time and effort to, to this work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was blessed enough to have a, a really faithful family. Um, my mom and my dad uh, committed, committed believers who always demonstrated in really profound ways how to to serve God and to to really be all out um, for that. So so I got to to see that firsthand in, in their lives regularly growing up. But for me, I was one of those kids who grew up and, you know, also was wearing the mask, right? I was one of those people who on the outside would look like the church kid who knows all the Sunday school answers who you know all, all of that but on the inside i was hurting i was struggling with a variety of things i was i was a different person behind closed doors as i was you know when i was out and and public for the world to see when i was at school i was a different person to who i was when i was at church that was very much a part of my my world and One day I found myself in late high school getting to a point where I almost got frustrated with, you know, Christians in general who would live one way and, you know, say something else. And then it was one of those log in your own eye kind of moments where I went, wait a minute. I'm getting frustrated at the fact that there are Christians that are being hypocritical. I'm doing the same thing. It just might not be in as public ways. It might not be in as, you know, noticeable ways, but I am doing the same thing at a heart level. I'm that guy and I don't want to be that guy. And I, I I decided then and there that I'm either all in or I'm all out in terms of the faith journey. Um, And I decided that, no, I, I believe this. I know this. I've I've looked into the Bible and I want to, I want to do this and I want to really commit myself to this. And so, that was vision right there, um, and then from there, I felt you know uh, a little while later, God specifically calling me to a lifetime of youth ministry, and I didn't know what that meant because you know I had only seen youth ministry demonstrated as almost a stepping stone ministry. You do yeah. youth for a bit, yeah. so then you do young adults, yeah. so then you do senior pastor that that whole gig. But I felt God saying, actually, you're going to reach the next generation, and you're going to keep reaching the next generation, and so you know that, that's 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 your story. Um, and there were numerous ways that he affirmed that in the years and of course, as a young person, I default assumed, all right, that means I'm gonna be a youth pastor in the traditional sense and that's what I did. And I went to Bible college and um, I, I um, yeah got my Bachelor of Ministry at Moreland College and then went on to do further studies, got accredited, became an ordained reverend, that whole piece, got um, started working at my church, did all of that and in that mode, just felt God saying, hey, your calling is still the same. It's to reach the next generation. But, you know, it's it's going to actually look a little bit different from what you thought because mm-hmm. the young people that I've called you to reach, they're not just coming to Parkside, which is the church that I was at. They're not just coming here. They actually need this. They need what yeah. you're doing, but they need it elsewhere. And so yeah. that faith journey kind of progressed throughout that, that process of childhood and struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts and, you know, just really really dark places that I was at to going, you know what, God, I, I just need to trust you with this and I need to, to lean in. And, and again, each of those moments that I just summarized in 10 sentences, um, each of those has a powerful impact story where God intervened in some pretty crazy, remarkable, even miraculous ways um, that that led me to be who I am. But with a very strong conviction that he's put me on this earth to do this and I'm going to serve him with everything. And that's what I was doing at church. And that's what I'm doing now. Um, I didn't, you know, resign from full-time ministry at church to do a live streaming gaming thing. I moved from full-time ministry to full-time ministry. The yes. difference is I stopped getting paid halfway through <laughs> and I gave up the income to continue doing full-time ministry, just yeah. in a mode that the world might not understand yet, um, yeah. but it was a mode of going, this is what obedience looks like. If we yeah. lose the house, we lose the house. But right now God is saying, be where the people are and you're reaching more people for Jesus in this mode. So this is where you need to be. And therefore my wife and I were obedient to the call. We stepped in um, and we continue to run that race. Um, now coming on, yeah, in March, it'll be five years um, since we started this, this journey. So uh, yeah, it's been quite the ride.
0: You didn't have the whiteboard with the business plan and the rationale and the KPIs all mapped out for your five-year expansion <laughs> pattern. It was just step-by-step. Step, yeah.
1: Yeah, map, absolutely. I I did write a pros and cons list when it came down to the, uh, do I resign from my full-time paid job to do this ministry that didn't make a lot of sense, but was seeing incredible fruit. Um, I fasted and I prayed and I sat with God and got an Airbnb in Lura, which is near the Blue Mountains, and um, sat there by myself and, and just prayed and cried and sat and looked at this piece of paper and said, God, how do I do this? And that's when I felt God saying that, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to resign from the 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 paid church role and you're going to reach even more people and in terms of sustainability that, that he would provide. And he told my wife the same thing um, and we loved what we were doing at the youth group and everything. It's not like there was any tension there. It was an awesome mm. ministry, but we just felt this is where God is calling us and that he will provide and and he's continued to do that and, and we know we'll do that all the more as we continue to reach gamers with the gospel.
0: Fantastic. Well, Pastor Scott? As uh, your lovely sign in the background <laughs> m- makes clear, it is a really fascinating area of, of God's call to a new vocation for you. And, and I honour your faithfulness, your, your courage in following a, a path that was not logical, maybe not even sensible mm-hmm. to many people, but it was God-ordained. And uh, clearly there have been m- many, many folk who have heard the gospel because of that faithfulness. Um, I'm really hoping that the people who are listening to, to this story will will lean in. Is there any advertising you need to do? you need to let us know about where to find you or how people might help? Uh,
1: if you Google that, Pastor Scar, yeah. um, you'll, you'll find us. Uh, we, we're in online-based ministry, so we should be pretty easy to find, hopefully. Um, but we're on everything. It's at Pastor Scar on that side, uh, at Pastor Scar on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Um, Twitch is the live streaming channel that I'm live at most of the time. So like the link is there. If that's big enough, probably not, but um, twitch.tv forward slash That's where I go live, but the ministry operates in many other ways. Um, alternatively, um, just very simply pastorscar.com. Um, there are links to articles that talk about a bit more about what we do. There's even a way that you can become a ministry partner with us and help support the work that God is doing. Sign up to the newsletter. Even we send a monthly newsletter with praise points and updates and all kinds of things that are, yeah, love to partner with whoever it is that's listening to this or watching this. Uh, if that's what God is putting on your heart, then by all means, reach out.
0: Fantastic. God bless you, Kieran. May the Lord keep you, honour you.
1: Thanks so much, mate.